This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Tactical Leader. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Joe Marcoux, and we're going to talk about his SOS Dojo for sales. Before we begin, I'll remind you that this show is brought to you by Nightly Productions. If you're a leader that is ready to discover, embrace, and share your voice, head over to nightly.productions to find out how we can help you do just that and create the tactical content that delivers. Again, that's nightly.productions. Joe, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, man, I got to tell you, Zach, I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. Man, it is my pleasure. And I want to give the audience just a quick idea of who the heck you are, where overall you want to picture this. You're an entrepreneur who wants to help people. They have great product or service and they have a big heart and truly want to provide with what they have to offer. But every time this entrepreneur speaks with a prospect, they crumble when they hear an objection. And I think every entrepreneur is familiar with some of these objections, like it's too expensive and I can't afford it. I want to think about it or I need to speak to my spouse. I hate that one. This becomes more than lost revenue. This creates stress for the entrepreneur. And unfortunately, another person who is not getting the help that they truly deserve But imagine meeting a guide that can help any entrepreneur blast through the toughest objections with a proven method that delivers results or your money back. What would happen if you were to properly be coached to navigate past any objection? That is where you, Joe Marcoux, the founder of SOS Dojo, comes in. SOS stands for Sales Objection System, and overall is a dojo that places the member in a go-to, not only train, they spar type of facility where the live sparring helps improve their ability to communicate and help their prospects cross the starting line to get the help they are really looking for and improve sales overall. And we're going to chop up this SOS method you have, but before we really break apart and talk about the dojo, Joe, what's a fun fact we just might not know about you quite yet? You know what? A lot of people don't know that I have a very serious fitness background. So I'm from Winnipeg, Canada, and over 10 years ago in my 40s, I actually won Mr. Natural Canada. And I got the opportunity to go compete at the Worlds in Sofia, Bulgaria. It was very interesting going into a former communist country, which is completely bizarre. I mean, you know, it's, that was crazy. And the really crazy part was I thought I was doing pretty good because I'm not, I'm not a big guy. However, I love physique, culture, and I've been lifting, you know, for over 30 years of my life. And I went, when I got to Sofia, Bulgaria, thinking, okay, I'm going to be competing with some of the guys, the best guys in the world. There is no freaking way that all those guys were clean. No way, man. I got my ass handed to me. I literally came in last place. It was a very humbling experience. And so I then turned around a year later, came back and I competed in the International Drug Free Athletics competition and I won my pro card. And that's when I called it quits as far as the bodybuilding thing, because there's no money in bodybuilding. There's money in sales. There's better impact for me to be able to help people live a better quality of life through benefits of health and exercise, which is why we we work with a lot of coaches. So that's a fun fact because I still exercise every day. And yeah, you got to imagine like getting oiled up and standing in front of people practically naked to have people judge you. That's a scary thing. And I can tell you for those people who've ever done type of physique contest before, if you've ever had to do any level, whether you're 
woman who's in figure, bikini, fitness, bodybuilding, physique, or men who've done the same thing, obviously, except for bikini, let's figure. But it's one of the most challenging things. If you can do that, it's like David Goggins, you can do anything. It's all in your head. So yeah, that's one little fun fact. Now, I have to correct part of what you said. It's a fun fact, but nothing about you being small is factual. It says you're middleweight. What's the weight range you were competing in? Because the photos you have on Facebook, you do not look small at all. You know what? This is interesting. So part of the the illusion in terms of bodybuilding is how to put mass on your frame. Because I'm not a big guy. I mean, I'm shrinking as I'm getting older. So I used to be five, nine and a half. I'm like down to five, eight and a quarter, according to my doctor. I'm like, what the hell, man? So anyways... I still got the attitude of my young 20-year-old self. So the idea is, how do I keep my waist looking small, my shoulders looking wide? And I was in, for example, one weight class. Instead of weight class, it was based on age. It's a master's class, over 40. I had guys that were 50 pounds heavier than me and in backstage, and I beat them, not because I was bigger. They were way bigger than me. I came in more shredded, so leaner. If you've ever been to a bodybuilding contest, you know, most people don't remember the biggest guy. They remember the ones that look like anatomy charts. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to work my strength. What were my strength? Shape, overall physique and symmetry, and then come in looking like an anatomy chart. And then of course, posing. Most people ignore that. And just like a sales presentation, you have to practice. You have to put in the reps. You've got to be able to put it. You don't stand there and look all shaky and you look like you're going to have a crap in your pants as opposed to... I was smiling. In fact, I had the nickname Smiling Joe Marcoux. And I would be looking right in the judge's eyes, whereas everybody's looking like at the back of the auditorium. I'd be looking and winking at the judges like there were female judges. I'd be winking at them. My wife was in the audience going, oh, my God, he's such a ham. And it worked. So you've got to build and work on that charisma. And you've got to build and work on the relationship with people because 55% of the week we communicate is body language. So I just wanted to make sure that they couldn't keep their eyes off. That makes sense. It does. And it's interesting as you're talking about that and then seeing some of the stuff you're doing with the SOS Dojo, I imagine the the translation from that world into what you're doing now, especially in sales, there's a lot of correlation between selling yourself on stage to be judged to a salesperson gets judged all the time, right? You know, you get the phone call, ah, not another salesperson. And you have to start overcoming those things. Can you talk about a little bit how you translated that experience on stage into what you're doing now in sales? Both from the bodybuilding world, from being on stage, as well as having done acting as a younger person. I was a member of the oldest French theater group in Canada called the Seth Moniad. Also was a leader of a band. There's another fun fact. I actually was the, I say leader of the band. I was lead singer. I had hair like past my shoulders and I'm not kidding, man. We need those photos. We need that too. (laughs) Yeah, dude. It's crazy. It was like, it's somewhere out there. A couple of the guys are still playing and I still play guitar from time to often because I enjoy playing. And so a lot of that stuff you know, this is where you got to drop your ego. And I get caught up in the idea of, oh, am I showing off? Am I showing off? Am I showing off? And it's like, no, I'm giving. If you want to listen to me play music and sing and enjoy it, great. If you don't like what I have to say, then that's fine. Go. The imposter syndrome is part of it. And then the next thing is, what can I offer? And in all of those endeavors, bodybuilding, you want to build up your body, what do you got to do? Repetition. You want to play really well in front of an audience in a band? Guess what? 
repetition. You want to be able to do live theater in front of people, or even if you're in a movie, guess what? You better practice before you get in front of the camera. Otherwise, you're going to suck. And everybody in the production team is going to be really disappointed in you. So guess what happens with sales? It translates so much. And I found that nobody was really putting together a practice space. Everybody was just, here, read this book, now go do it. And then people would fail miserably when they actually get on calls. And then what? how do we feel? We feel miserable. We go down this tube, this downward spiral of failure. So we wanted to position, and I say we because I have a team, I wanted to position a place, thanks to the pandemic, now live on Zoom, where people can come and practice. And it's a safe place to make mistakes. Because guess what, man? We're all going to F up, myself included. So let's make a place where we can F up in practice so that you don't F up when it's game time. And you being the tactical leader, how much could you rely on your training, right? For you, Zach, in terms of the military aspect of your life, you guys got to a place where you didn't have to think about it. It was just like rely on the training. The training will get us through it because the people are going to be there and they know exactly what to do. That's exactly what this translates to, whether it's music, bodybuilding, fitness, and sales. You just got to put in the reps. And I love one aspect of that in particular, especially you put it in what I read off as your bio. And it's obviously a part of the mission that you're putting forward with the dojo where the entrepreneur is, if they're failing in sales, they're not helping the client, the individual that needs their help, that deserves, keyword there, they deserve the help. The entrepreneur that isn't doing these things, isn't making the repetitions, isn't overcoming the objections, they're not actually helping the individual with the help they deserve to receive. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because I think that's yeah. a shift in my mindset that I had years ago where I didn't, I still don't. I have a thing in my mind about, I don't like sales, right? I don't like selling. Yeah, a lot of people feel that way. Right. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, you're a CEO. And if you don't recognize that you're a salesperson, then you're not recognizing 100%. that, right? But big shift for me was like, I'm giving them the opportunity to grow. Right. Yep, I'm yep. giving them the opportunity to receive what they deserve. And that's something that you put forward. Can you talk to us a little bit about that shift in a mindset that an entrepreneur needs to have? Yeah. Whether you're selling a product, a service, a coaching program, here's the thing. If somebody's actually on a call with you and they're just a little bit curious about what you have to offer, again, product, service, coaching program, doesn't matter. If they're curious, it's because you're solving a problem for them. If you've done it really right, doesn't it make sense that you're asking questions and you're going through what I call a consultation process? I want to know a little bit about you. And then, of course, you bring up the price and then everybody has a natural reaction. It's a knee-jerk reaction. It doesn't matter if your program is 100 grand, 50 grand, 10 grand, 1,000. It doesn't matter. People are going to go, right? And they react and or they're going to try to negotiate. And then this is where people in general, when they look at themselves, not through the window, through the mirror, you know, they're looking into the mirror and they're seeing themselves. They're saying, I hate sales. I don't like this feeling of rejection. And it's not rejection. It's just an automatic response that people have. And so what ends up happening is if you fail in your process, and process leads to goals, if you fail in terms of helping this person across the starting line. So there's a lot of mindset stuff that I want to share with you. First of all, I don't like, I know I sometimes will say it's closing the sale. The truth is I don't want to get somebody across the finish line. The goal is to get them across the starting line because one sale or the one night stand is not how we've grown our business. The sale that I look at is how I get somebody across the starting line improves my length of engagement long-term because I want to help people, right? 
if you fail on the quote unquote sale, you're failing your client and they're not even your client yet. You know, people will call them prospects, right? I want everybody to consider this. Say, for example, I'm talking with Zach and my wife calls me while she and I are on a, on a quote unquote sales call. If I said, hey, you know what, Shauna, I got to let you go. I'm actually talking to this guy, Zach. He's a prospect, right? Prospect. So change the word prospect in your head, change it in your mind to the word guest. And how does that sound? If I said, hey, Shauna, you know what? I got to let you go. I'm actually speaking with Zach. He's a guest here right now. I'm just speaking with a guest. Let me call you that, right? You're my guest. And how do you treat someone who's a guest in your home? It's way more like customer service, hospitality, mindset, and verbiage. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so when I treat, I got goosebumps, like it's awesome, right? So when I treat someone as a guest and I get you to shift that mindset, how do I get them to go from guest to customer, that transition? Well, when they become a customer or a client, that's when I can help them. So if I don't do my job right, I'm not failing myself. I'm failing them. If they're on the call with you or if they're curious at all about what you have to offer and they don't say, I want to buy. And that's the other thing. People don't want to be sold, you guys. People don't want to be sold. They want to choose to buy. So if they don't buy from you, then you're failing them. That's it. So treat them as a guest. Be curious. Find out about them. How can you help them? If you can't help them, don't try to sell them. If you can't help them, point them in the other direction. That's okay. We're not going to close, quote unquote, 100% of the people 100% of the time. It's okay. You still got to be prepared. And that's the whole thing. You know, Whether it's the Boy Scouts, whether it's the military, whether it's martial arts, you've got to put in the reps practice it so that it becomes unconscious competence. It's just automatic. And that's where when you build it, literally, when you build up the skill, it'll come. And that's where the money comes in. And I know a lot of what you talk about are the reps and, and doing the right. And I think a big piece of it, you know, practice makes perfect. And a big piece that I've always learned in my competition in the fitness world and CrossFit world, and even in military, it's not practice makes perfect. It's perfect practice makes perfect, right? That's it. How often, Zach, did you ever have other people watching you put in those reps in CrossFit to make sure that you get the reps right? Exactly. Because you have to have that coach that's helping you go through those aspects. Yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about how much of a difference that makes when you're creating a process and you're practicing? Because sales, really business, is all process-oriented. If you put the yeah. proper processes in place, the foundational aspects, sales specifically, and you start practicing those things, it really helps. But if you're just practicing terrible sales techniques, you're going to yeah. continue to miss in sales, right? You're going to keep missing. Can you talk to us a little bit about what the dojo helps as far as the system that you create, how that helps the entrepreneur? Yeah. It's a two-step system that we teach. We provide people with a blueprint. I'm giving you, the listener, the blueprint right now. Step one is you acknowledge the person that you're speaking with whenever they give you an objection. And then step two is you ask them a question. Doesn't it make sense that if I ask you more questions, I'm going to be able to learn more about you? Therefore, and then here's the other thing. You ever notice that when somebody asks you a question, it grabs your attention? And so is it selling or is it telling? Because telling isn't selling. So if I ask you a question, doesn't it hook your mind? And that's part of the engagement where a lot of people, what we and what we do live, and this is the key factor, we do it live. You're not practicing in front of your dog. Your dog can't respond. You're not practicing with somebody who may not necessarily be what we call a black belt. We practice with people that have a skill set and that have a level of business that you don't have. And that's the beauty of sparring. Sparring, you get to practice with people whether they're doing 10K months or they're doing 100K months. That's, you know, or beyond. And we do have some people that are beyond that, which is awesome. So what happens to people that are stepping into the dojo? They get to practice where it's like, ooh, that was a good rep. Ooh, that was cool. And then if they do something wrong, 
Well, then whoever's the black belt in the room says, stop, back up. You got to do that one again. Check your tone. Hey, man, slow it down. Talking too fast. So the thing that people really, and this is the key thing about coaching live in the dojo is that a lot of people are so focused on what do I say, Joe? What do I say when they need to, you know, you said the spousal, right? The spousal objection can be a choose your own adventure. And it depends on what questions they answer and how they answer them. I can give people a script, not a problem. I can give you a detailed script on what to say, right? Down to the letter. The problem is 7% of the way that we communicate are words. 38% of the way that we communicate is tone of voice. You're listening to this right now. 55% of the way we communicate is body language. So what we do in the dojo is we actually focus on the 93% that nobody else does. Everybody focuses on what you say, what you say, what you say. Yeah, we start off with the script. We take the script away from you. And then we want you to authenticate. When Zach is on a call with someone, I want Zach to have the real authentic Zach conversation. Don't use the words that we gave you. I mean, if they words, if they resonate with you, great. If they don't, then use your own words. Key here is I want to hear Zach really be you and or anybody else, members of the dojo. What we do is we go repetition, 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 repetition. We pull away the script and then we work on authentication. And that's the difference. So that will tell people just start it like this. It's like learning a piece of music. Best example I can give you. A lot of people, you're obviously familiar with Jimi Hendrix. So you think of the song All Along the Watchtower. A lot of people think that Jimi Hendrix wrote that song. Now, if you're a music fan, it's actually a Bob Dylan song. Jimi had to learn the notes, and then he played the music. And that's the difference. He learned the notes, and then he freaking played the music, and he owned it. And that's what we help people do. We help you own it so that you're authentic in your approach, and then you're just having a conversation with people. Does that make sense? It does. And it's something that I've learned along the way of like my persona as a whole, the, the way I have conversations, very blunt, very to the point, very like that military mm-hmm. comes through in my sales. Mm-hmm. I've also learned that tracks my client. They're the people that are, when they see the persona, the brand, the battle brand, they see that the military side comes through. Mm-hmm. And if I were to get in into the conversation and be completely different, right? So that authenticity is what has helped me also find ideal clients yeah. and it starts filtering people out. Well, if they don't like how I'm presenting a conversation, that's not something that's going to work well with me anyways. An interesting part of what you talk about, yeah. and, and I'd really almost not even challenge this because I don't want to challenge you on this by any means. But one thing that's really interesting is you talk about needing more leads is actually a falsity that a lot of entrepreneurs are fighting is where people think we have to have more leads and then we'll get more sales. And I guess that, and this is something I've always hated, cast a wide net and then you'll get more sales, right? More, 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 more is better. Yeah. I don't like that mentality. And that's something you talk about is more leads isn't the silver bullet. Can you, let's push back on that. Why is more leads not the silver bullet? Yeah. Let me be contrarian here. I don't believe that more leads are, I'm not suggesting that once you have the skill and you've acquired the skill and you've owned the skill that you couldn't go out and get more leads. So many people get focused in on, hey, I'm going to go and hire a setter. I'm going to hire this marketing company that's going to drive more people onto my Instagram or I'm going to pay ads. And it's like, hey, wait a minute. And the website's going to get me sales. Yeah, it's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Because then all you're going to do, if the approach to selling, if you don't have the approach, your sales approach down, all you're doing is you're spending more money and you're creating a shit ton more work. You're just working more, working more. And then, of course, the downward spiral of despair, because now it's like, I'm not closing or I'm not getting clients and something's happening. 
So if you started off, most people started off within their five mile radius of where they live. And you ask five questions, like, do you have an existing client right now? And if you don't get one, start off with someone that you know, and then get the result that they're looking for, whether it's with a product, a service, a program, it doesn't matter. Get them started. And then you ask them five words when you get them on board. Like, hey, can I count on you that as we go through this process and you're getting results, or as you're using this product and you're getting results, can I count on you for a testimonial? That testimonial, right, leads you to social proof. The other word, five word that I, I love, again, at the beginning of organic is who do you know who? Hey, Zach, welcome to the program. Congratulations. You're going to love this, right? So I validate you getting on board. And again, when you start off, you know what? You're going to start off small. Your pricing could be small. And as you grow up and grow in the validity of your program and the social proof of it, you'll be able to increase your price. And so as you go, you ask people that, that get results. You go, hey, Zach, five words for you, man. Who do you know who? Who do you know who that would also love to be a member of the dojo? Or who do you know who that would also love this electric bike? Who do you know who that would also love to be, you know, like it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's product or service, you got to ask that. And if they're getting results, you know, and I'll give you a trick right now, whether this is on people want to see it or not. I use this phone trick where I will actually take my phone and I'll do a video, whether it's a Zoom video like we're on right now, or if I'm standing next to a person and I'll do the video and I'm saying, I'll say, hey, Zach, who do you know who? Five words, first names only. Give me names of two people that you know, first names that come up. I'm not asking for their email. I'm not asking for their phone number. Give me the names of two people that you know that would love to be a member of the dojo or at least come in and give it a try for free. Who do you know who? Give me the two names, Zach, just for fun right now. We'll play this out. Let's go with Jason and Jason. Jason and Jason. So I would do a selfie video and I would go, hey, Jason and Jason, it's me, Joe Marcu. I'm the sales sensei and founder of the SOS Dojo. I'm with your buddy, Zach Knight. Hey, Zach, say hi to Jason and Jason. What's up, Jason and Jason? Hey, so guys, the reason I'm doing this video is that Zach suggested that you should come in for a free session and he's paying the tree. He's actually paying for the tree for you guys to come in. All you have to do is show me this video and then we'll let you in for a dojo session. I'll see you soon. Now, what I do is I take this video from my phone and I text it over to your phone, Zach. And I go, hey, Zach, just text it over to Jason and Jason. What's the open rate of a text from a friend? Oh, it's ridiculous. Especially those two. It's 100%. Yeah. So Jason and Jason receive a text, but it's with me in it. And they're going to call you and they're going to go, hey, dude, who's this Joe guy? And then if you're getting results from my program, you're going to say, I'm in this dojo thing. It's awesome. And he, uh, he's going to set you up with a free session. What do you think happens? Is that lead? That's lead gen right there at zero cost per lead. I, I shit you not. That's from Platoon. <laughs> I shit you not. I've shown people how to double their business at zero cost per lead with that one tactic right there. Full value, you guys. That's honestly, and thinking about the two Jasons in my mind that are part of my mastermind that you could, that I would text that to, they would immediately, I mean, both of them, right? They talk about sales. That's their biggest struggle. And they'd be silly not to like hit it back and be, Hey, who's this Joe guy? Well, and you think of the context, right? I'm taking somebody who's already indoctrinated into the program and getting results. And then I just asked, Hey, man, Name me two people. In some cases, I said five first names that you know, I'll write them down. And then, right, because I'm always carrying my notepad and I'm taking oh, yeah. notes. So it's like, okay, give me the names of five people or two people. Who do you know who, right? Do that video. And then I'll take that video and I'll send it to the person I'm speaking to. And they send it to their friends. The open rate from a text is 100%. Now, does everybody join in? No. However, the lead gen from that is awesome. And there are qualified leads. 
because birds of a feather flock together. So do I want guys like Zach in my group? Hell yeah. I love that. As opposed to, hey, let me throw some shitty ad up on Instagram and then I might get somebody from Bangladesh calling me up. Right. You know, they don't even have the means to be a member of the dojo. There's a, the picture and the sound don't match. So you're better off not spending money on ads until you're at a place where you're, you've exhausted the organic. And I can tell you, doing that, it'll take you a long time. And it really, and that's such an interesting point you make is everybody, and I've had clients with our media company, they come to us and say, yeah, we want to start running ads and we'll start talking about, all right, what's your offer? What's your call to action? And when they start telling me, oh, well, we don't even have a process in place yet to convert. It's like, okay, if you start dropping five grand a month on ads, you're going to waste your money, especially saturated as it is right now. And people don't understand that right there, like the organic piece of it. If you actually engage with the community you have, the conversion is going to be way better. Exactly. You know, and this is the thing you've got to be able to, you know, definitely content is important. And I love the way that Brad Lee just recently said, he's, you know, I am the content. It's and a couple of weeks. And he sure is. <laughs> yeah. And a couple of weeks ago, you know, Wes Watson was saying the same thing. Trevor Bachmeyer was saying the same thing. I was, at, I was speaking at an event where these guys were with Babe Rose Pooley and Vince Del Monte's event, in fact. And it was awesome because they said, you know what, you have to document your life. People want to get to know you before they buy from you. So if you're doing Instagram, Facebook, YouTube shorts, reels, TikTok, and I'm doing it all, I'll tell you what, guys, I'm doing more documentation of what's going on. I did a video right before getting onto this podcast saying, hey, I just took a shower. I just got in and I put my coffee table on top of the desk in this hotel room so that I'm standing up so I have better energy. Because this is the other thing. A lot of people sit down when they're on a sales call. I challenge people, you know what? Try this for a week. Just stand up when you're on a call as opposed to sitting down. Your energy will attract people. It's so important. And these are little tactical tips that make a huge difference to your outcome when it comes to sales. And is it salesy to stand up? Hell no. All you're doing is you're standing up and you're bringing the energy. As I'm like reclined back. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, man. Man, no, I I love that because it it really does increase energy and improve so much. And a lot of times when I'm on another podcast and I'm not the host or I'm speaking in a virtual event, I'll be at least on a stool where I can't do that lean back. And it's something where you have to present yourself in a little bit different energy. So I think that's an amazing piece. And you started talking about social media. And I'm really curious your mindset on social media because there's so many people that don't understand the power of social media, where they think they need a million followers, they need a bajillion people like the Kardashians. And I start looking at my Instagram, like my Instagram, I think I have under a thousand followers. The podcast has closer to seven or 8,000. That's awesome. LinkedIn, I might have five or 10,000 people engage on LinkedIn. But what they don't understand is the 1,000 that are willing to spend a dollar with you compared to the 1 million that aren't willing to spend any money with you. Yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about that organic engagement and how powerful social media really can be if you're engaging in the way you're talking about? Yeah. You know what? The thing is, is social media is an ongoing process. And, you know, there's a lot of sales trainers that are out there. And I'll give kudos from Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy to Grant Cardone, Dan Locke. I mean, these got Brad Lee. Like, we're all doing our own thing. And what's interesting, like Alex Hermosi just recently had a conversation with Grant Cardone and Grant said to him, hey, man, you're and again, a lot of people don't like Grant. Right. There's things that he says that a lot of people don't like. And then there's things that resonate. I'm not here to judge. One thing that he's got right is this. He was saying this to Alex Hermosi. He said, hey, listen, you're posting one a day and I'm posting six. It's a volume game. 
And so don't be so concerned about the fact that, yeah, he's got 4.6 million followers on, on Instagram. Gary Vee have said this recently. He's got like 5 million followers. Guess what he said? Nobody knows me. Gary Vee says, nobody knows me. And guess what? He's right. There's 7.5 billion souls on this planet. Nobody knows who Gary Vee is, even though he's big. So if we know these names, it's only in that little circle. What it takes is if you can help someone, whether you have a following, and I got caught up in this too, because I just recently broke a thousand on Instagram. And I mentioned these names where they all have like millions. It's okay. Because what it's doing is the satisfaction that I have is that I've got high engagement from people and it's making a difference. And I'm now going omnipresent. The more I find that I'm playing in all of these oceans of social media, because you can use one piece of content. It's like a bicycle wheel. You do one piece of content and then you can... Spoke goes to TikTok. Spoke goes to Instagram Reels. Spoke goes to YouTube Short. Spoke goes to LinkedIn. And I started big on LinkedIn because I was doing sales objection system training or sales training in the corporate world in 2019 BC, which was stands for before COVID. And then because of COVID, I started you know transitioning to these other platforms because it wasn't just corporate training. Now coaches just love this training because they're solopreneurs. They're armies of one. And before you can scale your business, this is exactly what I did. When I started off in the dojo, I was literally solo. Now, less than two years later, in 2022 AC, I've got 13 people on my team. It's absolutely crazy. And how did I do it? I'm just helping people. And then everybody who's on my team has gone through this program. They're a member of the dojo. You can't become a black belt. You have to earn it. And you can't be a black belt teacher unless you've earned it. And that means you've had to go on the program. I've had a couple of people who are now black belts, but they said, Hey, Joe, I want to be a teacher for you. I want to come and teach the SOS. I'm like, okay, you got to do the program. Well, what? Like, unless you master it, you got to master it before you can teach it. And then when you teach it, you really master it. And anybody who understands black, the concept of a black belt, and you can earn it. We offer hundred percent money back guarantee. I can tell you this, nobody gets a guarantee to becoming a black belt. We've, unfortunately, we've told some people, you just don't got it, man. You got to keep working it. So we're still, you know, and I think that's important because it's part of this brand that I got on my chest. It's very important. Absolutely. Yeah. And black belt is one of those sacred things. I mean, I was in mixed martial arts years ago. And I mean, one of those things when you, the respect attached to that, I mean, and keeping that type of standard, I think is absolutely huge. And it's really obvious what you're doing with the SOS Dojo. I mean, you're on stage, you've already named a few people that have been on the show already. Bradley being a big name that has his own podcast, his own huge platform. Yeah, he's awesome. He's been a guest on the show. And, and I mean, it's one of those, like you're alongside these people and you're putting out a ton of great content, a ton of great information. I really want to know, Joe, what is the legacy you're going to leave in the world with everything you're putting out there and all the effort you're putting into the world? I love it. So when I first started in business, I opened up my very first exercise equipment retail store at, in Winnipeg at the age of 20. I'd already managed exercise at high ticket sales. And this thing in my office, on my vision board, has been following me around. It's a little note that I wrote with my left hand. I'm right-handed and I did this exercise, non-dominant hand. I was bawling when I was doing this. It was incredible work. And it was my inspiration, right? I want to inspire and empower people to live a better quality of life through the benefits of total health and exercise. So that's kind of been my journey. Even though I'm in the world of helping people handle objections, I get a lot of people within that health, wellness, fitness, exercise space, whether it's bikes, whether it's gyms, whether it's coaching, whether it's diet, nutrition. I mean, it's a big world. I've 
been in that space for such a long time. And it, that to me has been, you know, my passion. And so I've been very blessed to be able to keep the focal point with that right there. It's been awesome. I absolutely love it. And everything you're putting out there, man, it's all good stuff. And you've already hooked me up with some amazing people. And it's one of those men, it's obvious, like you're putting just amazing stuff into the world and you're really there to serve. And I want to give the audience an opportunity before we let you go for today, what is the best way to reach out, connect with you? What platform are they going to see you on the most? Give us the handles and the best way to reach out. I would recommend people go to Instagram. I'm putting a lot more effort on Instagram and you can go to coach Joe Marku on Instagram or on TikTok. I'm putting out two to three TikToks a day at Coach Joe Marcoux as well. And you can also go to the SOSDOJO.com. In fact, we got something for those listeners with Zach. We can talk about that in a bit. And the other thing about the legacy thing, Zach, is that, you know, it's funny. Like when I started off the SOS Dojo, I used to write Dojo with an E because it was all about Joe. And you know what? No, it's not. We changed the branding. We got rid of the E because this thing's bigger than I am. It's way bigger than I am. And so you've probably heard if you've been listening, I'm using we a lot in my language because it's not an I. It's not just me. It's my team, man. And there's some people that are in my dojo that they sell way more. They make way more money than I do. And I get really jacked up when I know that I'm helping people you know, do better in their businesses. That to me is the legacy is the dojo will go on after I'm gone. It's not the Joe Marcu show. It's the SOS dojo. I love it, man. And you mentioned at the top of the show before we started recording, you had a special gift for folks listening in on this. Yeah. You know, if you guys go to sosdojo.com forward slash Zach, we usually give people one free session in the dojo. For those people who go to sosdojo.com forward slash Zach, we're going to give you a full month and we're going to help you handle. It's too expensive. I can't afford it. I want to think about it. And I need to speak to my spouse. We'll give you all four scripts and you'll have live training with a black belt in the room. You'll be putting in the reps. So just come in because we want to help you. I mean, a full month, that's like, it's worth three grand and we're giving it to you absolutely free. No obligation. Just come in, check it out. Man, I love it, Joe. You are the man. And that's a huge, huge thing. Cause I know a lot of my clients talk about sales. They talk about the struggles there. And I think that's one of the biggest finesse pieces in entrepreneurship is trying to figure out how to sell in an effective way. And um, I definitely encourage everybody to go check that out, but also come back this Friday. We're going to chop it up a little bit more about some of the awesome tactics that are happening in the dojo with Joe himself. Joe, I appreciate your time today, my friend. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.